Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you hit the grades of your dreams at school, college, and university through the science of fast learning and lasting memory, the psychology of study productivity, and the secrets to great exam technique. And now your host, the Cambridge University trained psychologist who's dedicated his life to helping students study better and outsmart their exams, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome back to the Exam Study Expert Podcast. Have you ever wanted to be good at maths? Or perhaps you are one of those people that feels they're naturally good at maths, but we want to take your skill to the next level. Then you're in the right place, because my guest today is Joachim Cassell. Joachim's a graduate of Cambridge University, uh, where he read maths, one of the world's most competitive mathematics courses uh, at university. Um, And in the decades since he graduated, he's spent nearly 10,000 hours tutoring students one-on-one and getting absolutely rave reviews um, in coaching them in their maths for major exams um, and getting them into university. I came away from the conversation absolutely buzzing because we'd broken down so many fantastic strategies for just becoming a better math student, Um, whether that's the mindset you want to have, whether that's how to go about um, getting your head around things when you don't understand it, whether that's how to practice effectively, exam technique for maths exams. And um, there's so much good stuff in here. I think you're going to get take a lot away from this um, and probably come back and uh, listen to it once or twice more. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce Joachim Cassell. Joachim, a very warm welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. Thank you very much. Um, it's great to have you here. Um, so I think probably would be helpful to talk about, to start with, is just a little bit about people's mindset towards studying maths. What, what, mm. do, you, what do you think people should um, have in mind when they're, when they're thinking about maths as a, as a subject? Um, well, I guess, well, especially focusing on people that struggle with maths, I think a lot of students see a maths problem they've well are taught something or are told something for the first time and it doesn't really click and that is obviously a challenge and it's quite hard to surpass that I think what I what I always try to instill in my students um, is this mindset that maths well it's like a language isn't it Mm. Mm. Um, well think about think about French think about Spanish if you're taught a new word if you're taught how to conjugate a verb Maybe that's difficult. Maybe you understand it, but fast forward a day or two, it's gone, isn't it? Sure. With maths, it's exactly the same. You might be told something that makes sense. Might might be told something that it doesn't. But with time, with practice, it will come. Mm. And you need that time of practice. And I think a lot of students struggle, well, to motivate themselves to do that practice. If it's hard at first, why bother? Mm -hmm. And that is, well, the worst thing you can say. With time, it will come. And I think if you believe that, then it will. Yeah, it makes sense. So your your kind of advice for people that are would would say they're that they're, they're, they're you know I hear this quite a bit you know I'm 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 naturally bad at maths you know I'm not one of those people that picks up maths maths very quickly. What what you're saying is you need to put in that that practice time. Absolutely, and I think well the the biggest issue there is that some people are naturally good at maths, and if you sit there and compare yourselves to them, of course you'll feel bad. Yeah. But that's not the point. Um, I mean, academia in itself is always an individual pursuit. You always need to make yourself, well, the best student you can be. And anyone can do well at maths. If they really want to, if they really push themselves and put in the time and the effort, Mm. it'll be there. Mm. So yeah, this, I'm not good at maths. 
well, just add add a word. I'm not good at maths yet. Yeah, I like it. When you when we're sort of talking about preparing ourselves for for maths exams, so the whole process from starting to learn partic- how to solve particular problems for the first time, right through to kind of getting ourselves ready to to set those exams. What how would you sort of break that down? What are the kind of main steps in the process as, as you see it? Well, um, well, very good question. I think, as you say, there are steps in the process, which I think a lot of people miss. I think a lot of people see well, learning the problem as the first and only thing. And once it's learned, it's there and it's done. Yeah, that's, that's not the case at all. Learning the problem, seeing it for the first time and understanding it is a whole thing in and of itself. Beyond that, we obviously, add, well, like with languages, we need to practice. We need to just get it into our blood, into our system. Um, and that is, well, the second step, the second pillar of learning it. Okay. So you've got first, you, you're just sort of learning, understanding how to solve something for the first time. And you sort of move on to you're sort of practicing it and getting it into, um, you know, as you're sort of saying, into your, into your blood, into your, you know, into your it's like a sort of longer term memory, being able to. Well, exactly. And it's the same with everything. You can learn a fact and you can find it incredibly interesting. Yeah. But if you don't think about it again, if you don't read about it again you won't remember it. And it's the same with maths. You need to practice. Well, and then comes the big shift. Practicing it, understanding it is so important, but that's not the final step. Mm. Um, well, we live in this society where everything is done with exams. Sure. Um, and learning how to take an exam, learning how to recall that information out of the blue, not in an exercise, but when you've been doing all sorts of other questions, um, maybe even other exams that day of completely different subjects yeah. coming back and finding yeah. that knowledge yeah. inside of you. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. Let's 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 talk. Um, let's talk in some more detail about the different steps that sort of break the, break this down a little bit. So, yeah. um, first one was kind of learning and understanding, wasn't it? So that's let's let's say I'm a student who. Mm-hmm. Is, is perhaps you know struggling to learn a new topic in in math. So I'm coming yeah. home in the evenings. I haven't really understood what's gone on in the lessons. Yeah. What, what do I do? Where do I start? Well, I think the first thing to do is ask for help. Okay. There is a huge amount of help around you, whether it's your parents or your friends, um, siblings, or just the textbook itself. There are so many different ways that you can try and figure this out, right? Um, and yeah, you just got to find that first in to the problem. Yeah. Like anything that gets you that first bit of understanding. Um, if reading the textbook gets you there, fantastic. If you need someone to show you their way, great. Um, but ask for help. Find someone or something that gets you there. And mm-hmm. especially online as well. There's Khan Academy. Um, there's IXL.com, which does a fantastic suite of exercises. Mm. Um, and when you can't complete them, they give you a lesson. They kind of talk you through how it works. Mm. You need, yeah, you need that first basis of understanding. And from there, you can grow, you can build it. It's just about persevering and, and kind of using the different resources and, and people in your life to, uh, to, to, until you do, until it does click and it does make sense. Exactly. And just, well, I guess, Something I like to say, which was coined um, in the NBA a couple of years back, trust the process. Yeah. Just know that it will come. Don't give up. Persevere. Find that first bit of understanding. And it will just, well, waterfall from there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. That's 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 really powerful. So the, these are, uh, I guess, for kind of listeners outside outside the states, these are the elite basketball players of America. Um, exactly. I mean, it's oh, it's a fantastic story. It's this small small team um, that just very slowly built up the good players, the young players, and for years they didn't do very well until suddenly they were top of the league. Mm. Trust the process. Just know that it might take a bit of time. It might not feel like it's working at the start, but it will. Yeah, just re- relax and don't panic. Just keep, just keep, keep, keep pushing. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. I like that. Um, anything else you'd say to help on that that initial stage, the the initial kind of learning understanding? I think. Well, I, I mean, it's just perseverance. Mm. Um, I think when, especially when you get to university, mm. um, a lot of what you need to do is read academic texts, right? And that is very different from reading a novel, reading any sort of literature. Right. Um, it's a lot denser and the only thing that you're ever taught is to read it slowly right i think a lot of people might skim read a a problem a solution and not get it and then give up absolutely not Mm. no go through sentence by sentence line by line for a maths problem know what's happening at every stage Mm. i think i think a lot of people just worry if they're looking at a small problem and it's taking them five minutes to read through it that they're doing something wrong no, if you can get the understanding, it is the most important thing to do. Mm. Slow yourself down, do it properly, and the understanding will come. Psychologists know there's a, a kind of a limit to how much uh, you know information and, and kind of how many thought processes you can have in your brain at any one stage. And mm. sometimes for a complicated problem, that's that's just too much. You can't kind of hold the whole problem in your mind at one stage at, at one time, and because you feel like you can't see your way through to solving all of it in one go mm. you, you sort of get too daunted and give up as you were saying you know the, the the trick is to just take it take it one step at a time make each step at a time and then once you're comfortable with each step then you can start to draw it together and build it back up into that that overall um overall procedure exactly and even at gcse just a quick word for my friends around the world. Um, Yoke and myself are both based in uh, the UK, um, where we take GCSEs at age 16 and A-levels age 18. So feel free to, to translate those words whenever you hear them into SETs, APs, or you know wh- whatever the relevant local exam is for you. And even at GCSE, well, a lot of people think that it should be easy. Everyone's doing it. Um, even halfway through the course, problems get quite involved, get quite long. It's not just one thing to do. It's a lot. And you need to understand every single step to understand the whole problem. Got it. I like that. Um, okay. So let's talk a little bit about practice. Um, so what, 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 what would you advise students to be doing in terms of the, you know, both the practice we should be doing throughout the year, maybe, and then particularly when it gets closer to exam taking time? So, well, and this is exactly where the language analogy comes into its own. Um, you can understand something, you can, well, really, truly know what's going on. But if you then move on and don't look at it again, it will slip your mind. You have so many other things going on, um, especially while you're preparing for GCSEs, A-levels, when you have this whole breadth of subjects, you need to keep practicing it and recalling it. Um, luckily, most students will have their textbook They'll have a whole um, suite of exercises, each of which will have a lot of questions, and they can go back to that and just practice it. Usually the first 
two or three, it'll take a bit of time. It'll take a bit of time to remember how it works and what you're supposed to do. But then once you're in the rhythm, you can just keep going. The other fantastic thing about the brain, well, <laughs> fantastic but terrible, is that it forgets. Sure. So if you do one exercise, it's not over. Come back to it in a month and you won't remember the exercise. You can do it again. You can keep putting it into your memory. And over time, it will become natural. Um, so what would your recommendation be then? We kind of try and schedule in a, a review every every kind of week or every month or so to kind of go back and do some practice on what you were covering in the past. Well, quite. And I think having a syllabus in front of you mm. will be incredibly useful. When, when you just kind of go and hope to remember what you need to remember, you'll get some things in there, but a lot will slip. If you are looking at this sheet of things you have to know for your exams and you see Pythagoras, Pythagoras' theorem. Yeah. If you've just spotted that and you're like, oh, oh, I can't remember how that works. Yeah. That is a huge red flag that you need to go back and look at it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, having that, well, that visual reminder of what you need to know and what you need to be revising mm. is so, so useful. So having a, having a hard copy of that exam syllabus in front of you, what, what the examiners say they're going to test you on. Quite. And then um, tick things off as you do practice on them one month and then you sort of need to tick them off again exactly. another month or two. And even if you're not actively reading through it and just thinking, do I know this? Do I know this? Do I know this? The fact that it's what on your wall, the fact that you're seeing it every day, you'll just remember these topics and you'll subconsciously be thinking about how they work and what they do. Yeah. And so when you look back at it, this will all have been happening in the background. You'll have been doing a lot more than you think. And the ones that aren't as secure mm. will be a lot more obvious. Makes sense. Something I wanted to, to ask you, um, there's an idea in, in the cognitive psychology of learning called interleaving, which is mm -hmm. a sort of fancy word for basically mixing up the different types of problem you're doing in a particular session. So okay. rather than, for example, doing um, you know differentiation problems one day and integration problems the next day or addition problems one day and subtraction problems the next day. You chop and change between the two. So you do a handful of problems of one type and then do a handful of problems of the other and keep flipping back and forth. And one of the benefits of that is that it um, reduces the chance that you get the two things mixed up because you're kind of using them in the same session so you understand their similarities and differences. And then another advantage is that it, it, it kind of allows you a few minutes to forget how the... Um, first technique worked while yeah. you're working on the second technique. I'm just curious, if, uh, what, what would your sort of thoughts be um, applying this to applying this method to, to practicing your maths? Oh, I think the first thing to note is that, well, that sounds great, but it would definitely be worth doing after you've got the initial understanding. Yeah, yeah. If when going through an exercise, you feel like you can get to the point where you understand what's happening then I feel like this would be a really useful technique to start integrating. Um, no pun intended. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but exactly. Integrating this idea that you're going to have to come to these problems cold in an exam. Um, well, as we said, when you're doing an exercise, you might have 15 or 20 questions. And after the first three or four, you've gotten into a rhythm. Yeah. That's fantastic. And that will probably still be the case when you're sorry, interleaving. Uh, yeah, interleaving. Interleaving. Um, so exactly, if you then bring it down, if you only have eight problems and you kind of chop and change, mm. um, you practice 
well, those two or three questions to get into the rhythm, you get out of your rhythm and then get back into it. Yeah. Because by, well, by the end of the year, by your exam, you're not going to have two or three questions. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be in that rhythm immediately. Um, no, so that sounds, that sounds fantastic, especially when you're a bit further out from learning the topic, but not quite at exam season yet. Makes sense. It sounds like that's a, probably a pretty good point to segue into talking about the final run into exams itself, is it? Ooh, quite. And this is the big one. Um, I think a lot of people don't give this enough credence, enough credit, but well, how are you um, graded at the end of the year? Exams. We need to be able to nail these exams to, well, hit the targets that we've set ourselves and that, well, maybe the people around us have set as well. Sure. Um, but quite. And exam practice. So I generally tutor students towards GCSEs, A-levels and other exams of that ilk. Sure. And what is absolutely invaluable is looking at past papers. Um, there's a huge amount of resources online, um, no matter what exam board you're studying, if it's edXL, OCR, EQA. Obviously, with the recent renovations and A-levels, it's not going to be the exact style of exam you're looking at. But the idea of sitting down and spending an hour and a half or two hours looking at a paper and just working your way through, it's just a completely different technique than an exercise. Yeah, yeah. Um, and exam technique itself, well, as you've spent a lot of time studying, sure. um, is its own thing. Yeah, yeah. Getting comfortable seeing all these problems, getting a bit like flummoxed, getting a bit put on edge, but then finding your way through. I like to talk about immunising people against the stresses they'll they'll face on the day itself. The more mm. you can expose yourself to those those challenges, not in the exam hall, and deal with being flummoxed Quite. Um, in advance of the exam hall, the better prepared you'll be for how how it'll be on the day. Exactly, and if you just have the confidence that you can work through any issues, you'll know you'll be able to do it on the day. Exactly. Um, so when when we're doing our past papers, what's your mm. view on? Um, Doing doing them closed books and so not not allowing yourself to refer back to your your notes versus doing them with your notes or perhaps dipping into your notes if you get really stuck. What, what what's your view on view on that? I mean, the best thing to do, I would say, is build towards exactly the exam day. Build towards exact exam conditions. Um, at the beginning of exam season, when you're revising, you don't want to just lock yourself in a room with no notes um, and nothing. And spend an hour and a half just panicking. Sure. That's not going to be useful in any way. Um, but well, one of the best things about these resource libraries is that they go back years and years and years. Um, I think for A levels, it goes back to about 2002. Wow. So 17 years of past papers. Um, in, well, and back in the day where there were two sets of exam periods in the year. Yeah. So even more. Um, you have a huge amount of volume that you can look at. So at the beginning of your keeping your notes there. If you're getting used to the style of exam while being in a well much more safe space where you can look at your notes, you can remind yourself when you come across these problems cold. That is a very good way to get into the rhythm of the exam. And then as you work through the past papers, slowly phasing those out. Mm. Um, one of the f- most fantastic things to do is to have your notes to hand, but don't look at them. Trust yourself. Trust that even if it doesn't feel like it, you can recall it. It is in there somewhere. So just 
find it or find something that sounds right, that feels right. And then after you've done the question, after you've tried it, you can look back at your notes, see what happened, what was supposed to happen at least, and kind of fill in the blanks, fix those little bits that maybe didn't go to plan. Yeah, I love that. And um, <clears throat> probably one of the most important things I kind of talk about in the 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 the, the science of how, how we should be learning is is that idea of just practicing remembering stuff is incredibly powerful for actually getting things into long-term memory mm. um, uh, and, and giving yourself that feedback afterwards yeah. um, if, if, you, if you didn't quite, quite get it right. Like 100% on board with what you're saying. Give yourself yeah. that chance to try remembering it. And you know what? Even if you've given it a fantastic go and you've made some mistakes, you'll, you'll learn from it. The act of practice in itself is really helpful, even if you don't quite get the answer. And the act of making mistakes is really helpful. Sure. Um, especially, well, a lot of people are very self-critical. Yeah. I think when you make a mistake and you correct it yourself, when you see what it was supposed to be, that sticks with you a lot more than just doing something right. Agreed. Um, and if you see that mistake, if you fix it, then the next time um, you stumble across that path and this red flag just flies up in your head, you know something's gone wrong. Yeah. But now you have the tools to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. So using, using past papers, I, I guess you sort of implicitly saying in, in, in conjunction with the, the mark scheme and making sure you got the, got the marks. Exactly. But in conjunction, noting that you should not have the mark scheme there to just like take these hints, take these tips as you go. Yeah. Finish the question and then look back. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Cool. That's that's really good stuff. Thank thank you. Um, anything else on um, exam? You know, perhaps when you're actually in the exam hall, do you have any suggestions for how people should, you know, either manage their time or the order in which they should tackle questions? Is there any advice around that that might be helpful for? for I think people? I think being clued up about how the exam works is is vital. Um, take GCSEs for example. You have two hours. And there are often, what, 24 questions on the paper. Um, so you kind of have, what, four minutes per question with enough time to check at the end. That's not a huge amount. Um, going back to this recall as well, obviously every single question is on a different topic. So you're jumping and jumping and jumping, and you never really have the chance to get into a, well, a rhythm as you would have done in exercises. Often you will come across a question that you can't answer or you well, I just can't quite recall what you're supposed to do. You can move on. You can skip that question. You can come back. Um, another really useful thing, if, if there are certain um, equations or topics that you struggle with and you know you struggle with, writing a couple of crib notes at the beginning of the paper. Um, obviously, before you go into the exam, you can have your notes up until about, what, half an hour before you're lining <laughs> up. Um, obviously you can't take anything into the exam. No, <laughs> definitely not. Um, but you can be revising, um, just before lining up and going into the exam hall. You can give yourself what, a half an hour break to remember something that you know you struggle with. You can write that down right at the beginning and Straight then it's, it's there to reference when you need it. I just want to dive in with a couple of quick uh, clarifications. Um, so I don't want people writing in for the wrong reasons. Um, just to clarify, what we're talking about here is um, not taking notes into the exam, um, but um, rather when you get into the exam, 
taking a sheet of rough paper, um, there's often rough paper provided in, in exams, and then just writing down some of the key formulas that you think you're likely to forget or that you sometimes struggle to remember. And as Joachim said, one of the benefits of that is that you can uh, refresh your memory of, of some of those formulas in the, uh, in the morning before your exam. Uh, so it's still quite fresh in memory. Though that, of course, that doesn't, re- that doesn't replace doing, uh, spaced work over, a, over a period of weeks, uh, or in months leading up to, um, a significant exam. That's always the, uh, the best way to go for, for long-term memory. Um, and it's not just about the memory. There are a couple of other interesting benefits to using this tactic uh, that I'm about to say. Yeah, no, I, I remember doing that sometimes for exams. And uh, the reason I loved doing that was, was was a couple of things. One, it kind of gives you that um, comfort that you know this is something you struggle with and you know you've already got it, it right. If that question comes up, you've already got the mark it's because <laughs> you've written down the formula and, and the rest of it's just, just sort of plugging the numbers in and, and working it through. And then the other thing is... As you get into, you know, uh, high, high level exams where the sets of formulas you're being asked to re- remember are perhaps a bit more complicated, sometimes mm-hmm. they often go in groups. So I found it was easy to remember all four formulas that go together in a set mm. um, and write those down all together rather than just try and figure out one um, when the question comes up on it. I mean, for example, in A level, there's this set of well, four or five equations called Seabat equations. Yeah. Um, and one of the big challenges is recalling the correct one. So this is for working out distances and speeds and... Exactly. It's all sorts of um, movement problems. Yeah. Um, and I think when you see them as five different equations and you, you need to kind of look at what you've got and what you need and which equation is going to be there, that's a... Well, that can feel like a huge task. Hmm. Um if you just sit there and, well, when you're revising and say, here is this box of equations, just one big box of equations, something inside of you just says, this is one thing to remember. Um, you have the easy equation at the top, the one that's a bit similar to it, the next one, the next one, the next one. That is much easier to recall. Yeah. And see, so when you can walk into the exam and just write those down. You're there. Easier to remember as the block rather than getting confused about exactly what does number four look like. Well, exactly. I think the other thing, especially with maths um, and with the other sciences, you generally have a formula sheet, a formula booklet. And I think familiarizing yourself with that is such a huge advantage. I know a lot of my, well, peers when I was taking exams, a lot of my students when I first met them have no clue about what's available. All these equations they struggle with that are just given to them. Yeah. So know what you're given, know what is there, and that will take out some of the problems. Use it when you're doing your practice papers. Exactly. Like, have it there. And that's the same thing as saying, practice your past papers in exam conditions. Yeah. You have this sheet, so have it there when you're practicing. Use the same calculator you would on the day. Exactly. Replicate the conditions of the day as closely as possible. Yeah. Be as somewhere as quiet as possible, have a glass of water, it's not just sit there and do a past paper, replicate every aspect of the exam hall as phone, best you can. Phone off. Phone very much <laughs> off and just sit there for an hour and a half. Even if you finish early, practice the checking, practice going back. I know that feels like a horrible thing to do when you finish a paper, you've got half an hour, you want to run away. But checking, finding those mistakes is just as pivotal. Yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about checking then. So 
how 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 what would you recommend for checking out how, how, how to prioritize and approach it all so well with maths there's quite an easy way to check some problems and that is the question you should always ask yourself does this make sense if you are asked to find a length and you've got a negative number that doesn't sound good <laughs> if if you're asking to find the hypotenuse of a triangle um you know two of the sides are say 5 and 12 and your answers in the hundreds you might have forgotten to square root the answer it's a bit bit of a red flag exactly like maths models the real world maths makes sense um and i know that might sound horrible to people struggling um but that's what you want to aim for like these numbers are supposed to fit they're supposed to feel right and if they don't that is the red flag you can then start looking back through your work if there isn't any of that if you just want to look back at a question and try and verify that you've done it right the best thing to do is to go through your work line by line where did you write this from that plus should still be a plus on the next line um it's easy to just look over a sheet and think yeah that's fine <laughs> but what are you going to find if you do that no go through line by line it takes a lot less time than you think and you really well check everything and we'll catch those mistakes if they are there yeah i i, I remember sort of my myself when i was doing exams that that process of checking was always always the most painful part you, you just want to as you say you just want to get out but and i think as well um it's very easy to convince yourself that you're right because obviously you want to be right don't let yourself assume anything look at it as if there's a mistake to find yeah when there isn't great you've you've nailed it we love it um but if you assume you're right you're going to gloss over something that shouldn't be there pretend you're the examiner marking it exactly do you understand your work and that is another very important point think about the examiner right if you have this horribly messy script of maths that is hopefully saying the right thing but you know you pass it on to a friend and they're going to have no idea what's going on. That's not ideal. And this is something to really look at when you're practicing, when you're doing these past papers. Can you imagine giving this to a friend or your parents? Would you want them to read it? Or are you a bit ashamed of how it looks? Because that's not, that's not what you want. These examiners see hundreds of scripts a day. They want it to be neat. They want it to be easy to follow. So if you can make it like that, you're giving yourself another advantage. And what does good look like when it's we're talking about presenting the, the problems well? So, well, neat handwriting is always important. Be as neat as possible. Um, obviously, everyone has their own handwriting, and sometimes it is very hard to keep it neat, but just try your best. With equations, think vertical work. Let's take the Pythagorean theorem again. So a squared equals b squared plus c squared. There are kind of three components to that equation. And when you're working down the page, if they, well, jump all over the place, like A squared is suddenly like off in the margins and then B squared is jumping to the other side. And if it's impossible to follow, then everyone will find it as such. Whereas if it kind of goes down in that vertical wave, you can see that equal sign kind of staying level and the things moving around it. So every, every equal sign vertically aligned with the one above and I likewise. Think, I think that is the yeah. perfect place to start. Yeah. Think of the left-hand side as the left-hand side, the right-hand side as the right-hand side, and then move things around mm. there. Mm. 
Yeah, I like that. That's really good. Um, anything else you'd say about about handling exam maths exams generally? Um, well, I guess. Well, I know this is going to sound a bit stupid, but try to enjoy it. Sure, <laughs> sure. But you want so no matter no matter what level you're at, when you walk into the exam, you've done your preparation, you've done your work. You will do as best you can. Um, exams are stressful. There's no getting around that. But you can always, well, find your way to calm down. Find your way to get into a place where you know you'll do your best. Um, so, well, an- another way I like to think about maths. Um, think about, I don't know, you're going on holiday. Um, you're going to be sat on this plane for eight hours. You've got, say, your book of Sudokus, right? Do you remember the first time you did a Sudoku? You just saw this grid of some numbers and blank spaces and no idea what's going on. Um, but over time, you realize how it works. You realize where the numbers go or just how to think about it, how to approach it. And sure, you can't answer everyone. Some of them are incredibly difficult. I mean, I, I still struggle uh, on the tube in the morning looking at the uh, puzzles on the metro. Like some of them are incredibly hard, but I know the process. I go through it. And it's enjoyable. It's satisfying getting there. You're going to go into this exam and there are going to be, well, a lot of questions you can do, possibly some you can't. Enjoy the ones you can do. Just go through and take that satisfaction in getting it right. Um, getting that positive mentality will go such a long way. It is impossible to stress that enough. That's fantastic. I, I think that's that's incredibly yeah, incredibly helpful. Um, not just for maths, but I think for for any subject. You know, we're we're, we're studying, trying to quite and in life. <laughs> yeah, sure. Trying to trying to find that that satisfaction in you know where where, where you can and, and sort of relax and enjoy things where wherever possible. I think that's 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 fantastic. Um, thank you. And um, there's just one. Just one um, sort of final thing I, I'd, I'd like to touch on. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're, at, we're, at, we're at school, we're at high school. The uh, maybe maybe the maths is going quite quite well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if 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 I am a student that's thinking about further study in maths, going on to to college or, or university, yeah. um, what are your thoughts on kind of both what what the experience is like? Um, you studied maths at. at Cambridge um, yeah. University in, in the UK, um, and also what your what your advice would be for anyone trying to get themselves ready um, for the application process and for, yeah. for interviews. Okay, so I think, well, the first thing I'd really like to say um, is that there is a huge difference between maths at school and maths at university. Um, a lot of maths at school for GCSEs and A-levels as well um, is learning uh, procedures, learning methods and applying them. Um, which is obviously very important and necessary. When we get to university, it's more just a way of thinking. And I know that sounds so just philosophical and college but it is. It really, really is. Um, this is another reason why so many employers love maths. Again, like it has to be there at GCSE. If it's there at A-level, great. If it's there at university, you can pretty much walk into any job you want if you've done it, if you've done it well. It teaches that analytical thinking. Um, by the time you finished your A-levels, by the time you finished high school, you'll have learned so many topics across the board of geometry, algebra, um, calculus. Um, and you suddenly come to these questions 
that are very easy to understand, um, but it's impossible to figure out. Um, an example that I think hopefully most of our listeners will be able to understand, like, let's think about all the numbers between one and a million. How many of them are multiples of either five or seven? Tough question. Tough. Easy to understand, though. You know what I'm asking. Yeah. We can, we can count a couple. Five, seven, ten, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. All of these fit the bill. Um, but how many are there? We have, we have this understanding of, of numbers. We, we know how to work with triangles and circles and everything, but, but what's going to be useful here? How do we approach this question? How do we work with it? Um, and that is the biggest thing about university. It is, well, just using this world of mathematics, this language that you've learnt, like, and where can you take it? What can you do with it? Um, so I'd, I'd say that is the biggest difference. That is kind of what you're aiming for. When, when you're preparing, um, the best thing you can do is just push and push and push. So if you're hoping to apply for college or university to study maths, you've probably, well, understood most of the curriculum at school. You've understood it, you've enjoyed it, hopefully, um, and you're very comfortable. Push yourself further. There are so many resources. Um, books for one. And well, a fantastic place to start is a very short introduction to mathematics. The very short introduction series are just amazing in general. Um, the mathematics one teaches you that first instance of thinking. There are there are problems where there's this huge school wiggly line and a dot in the middle and it asks if the dot is contained within the shape again such an easy question to understand but when you're looking at it it's incredibly difficult to actually figure out whether it's inside or outside because of how many layers and overlapping things this squiggly line has sounds cool we can put a link to the uh, to the book in the show notes. Fantastic. And I think it's only 80 pages. And I know a lot of mathematicians kind of shy away from reading, um, but it's fantastic. Um, in the UK, we obviously have the Maths Challenge, and it's quite easy to find past papers of the Olympiads, um, well, at all levels, even going up to British Olympiad, which is phenomenally hard. I still struggle with half the problems. Um, and just trying and trying and trying to do as much maths as possible outside above and beyond the curriculum that is what gets you there um and similarly ted talks youtube khan academy there's so much you can do um if you're truly passionate about it it'll well i mean it'll just continue to spark the passion and i think it'll actually open you up for that first time you'll realize what the world of mathematics looks like and that will be an incredibly exciting thing I love that. Thank you, Joachim. Thank you so much. Um, this has been such a fascinating conversation. And I think I'm going to take a lot from this. And I know a lot of people listening will as well. So thank you. Um, oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I always uh, kind of close with a question about if you were able to go back to that point where you are back at, back at school, back at high school, um, st- studying maths, um, and you're able to give your 15, 16 year old self, yeah. a piece of advice, um, for studies in academia. Uh, what, what would it be? What would you say? Whoa, that's a big question. I mean, if, if I had myself to mentor myself back then, <laughs> that would <laughs> exactly. be amazing. Um, I think something that I've found 
hugely useful recently, and I would have loved to have learned this um, 10 years ago while I was still at school. The cheap thrills are rarely worth it. I know how tempting it is to watch that extra TV show to play the game for the extra hour. But if you really, truly care about something, if you're pushing yourself towards somewhere, spend the time, as we said, push yourself out of your comfort zone, find that thing that challenges you. Mm. Um, it's enjoyable. It's fun. It's satisfying. Um, and I think it's very easy to shy away from that, especially as a teenager. There are so many distractions. Um, but just, yeah. And again, trust the process, have faith that if you don't understand something, you can get there, you can make it work. Even now, I think, so I do a lot of, uh, mentoring and teaching for university students. And I've been teaching a couple of courses that I didn't understand while I was a student. Um, but here I am reading back over it and seeing how it works, why it works and renewing that interest and sparking that passion again. It's, it's incredible. And I wish I could have seen that back in the day. That's amazing. I, I think that's a fantastic note to end on. Um, thank you once again so much. So um, I, I'm sure there'll be people listening that are, are kind of interested in um, finding out a bit more about you, what, <laughs> what you do. You sort of mentioned a couple of times you, 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 you do work with, with students at a, at a range of levels. Um, where could people find you if, you're, if, you're, if they're interested? Um, so, well, my, my company is, is called Oxbridge Global and you can find us at www.oxbridgeglobaltutors.com. Um, generally, uh, we work with, well, roughly 16 to 20 year olds and we kind of mentor and teach. We help a lot of international students come to the UK. Obviously, this is a bit of a mecca of education. Um, and especially, well, maths at Cambridge is seen globally as the absolute pinnacle. Um, the application process itself is quite a nightmare as well, especially if you're not from this country. Um, so we've helped a lot of students, um, in maths and math related subjects apply here. Um, and similarly, just mentoring students. I've, some of, some of the most satisfying, incredible work I've done has been with, um, 16, 17 year olds that really want to push themselves as far as they can mathematically, um, and helping them, well, see their potential and reach that potential and then get into Oxford or Cambridge or any other top university, including the Ivy League. Um, yeah, so www.oxbridgeglobaltutors.com. Amazing. That's fantastic. And we'll, again, put that, that link in for people in the, uh, in the show notes. Fantastic. And um, Joachim, thanks once again. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And if you are one of those people thinking of studying maths at university or math at college, um, my uh, my hat goes off to you. Great, great respect. So uh, as always, links to the uh, resources we've mentioned. So the uh, the very short introduction to maths book. Um, I'll put a link to the Khan Academy as well. Um, and of course, uh, Joachim's website, Oxbridge Global Tutors, uh, all can be in the show notes. Um, and that's a wrap for today. I hope you got a huge amount out of the uh, the episode. Um, I'm certainly going to be remembering a few of these uh, hints and tips uh, for my own work um, with with students. Um, I just wanted to remind you that if you want to get my um, guide, which breaks down uh, some of the you know most useful elements of learning science uh, and how you can really use those to take your studies to the next level and um, <clears throat> just head right over to my blog which is at www.examstudyexpert.com forward slash podcast um, and there you can download a copy i think you find it really interesting um and 
should be hugely helpful if you've um, got uh, tests or exams that you're trying to trying to study for. And with that, uh, wishing you every success in your studies. Um, and I hope to see you again soon on the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Exam Study Expert Podcast. Remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review for our show in your podcast player.